We're going to be over in Matthew uh, chapter 6 this morning, Matthew chapter 6, and uh, have a, I think, a pretty simple thought. We'll see as we get into it how simple it is. In my mind, it's simple, but we'll see as we get to talking about it. Um, this is Matthew chapter 6, as we talked about last week. This is right in the middle of the uh, Sermon on the Mount, pretty famous sermon that Jesus gave in Matthew 6, 7, and 8. Uh, sorry, the 5, 6, and 7, excuse me, that chapter is 5, 6, and 7. And we're right in the middle of it. And um, last week we talked about giving. That's what Jesus talks about in the first four verses. But today we're going to pick up where he begins talking about the religious practice of prayer. Uh, he is addressing religious practices, praying and giving, and then later he'll talk about um, fasting. But today we're going to talk about prayer. He does, in, this, in, the, in the passage we're looking at, Matthew 6, verses 5, which really goes all the way down to verse 15, the whole section there, he actually gives what is often referred to as the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer. We're not going to get to that section today. We'll talk about that next week. But today, I just want to begin with verses 5 through 8, where Jesus talks about how not to pray. He really is talking, he gives you the, the opposite. He says, don't do it this way. He says, don't do it this way. And we're just going to look at those, those few verses in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. Before I begin, I would like to, to pray, and then I just want to get right into this thought I want to share with you, and I hope it'll be a help to you. Would you pray with me? Pray for me if you would. I appreciate it. Lord, um, I need you to, um, to make sure that folks understand this. Now, I think you've given me something that I need to, for myself and that I, these folks need, uh, but I... Uh, Lord, you and I have talked about this. I don't know that I have uh, fully full, fully feel um, adequate to, to sharing this, but Lord, I know that your Holy Spirit can take whatever uh, your word says and make it applicable to the hearts of men and women, and I'm asking you to do that today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One thing you'll see in this passage, especially um, all of what Jesus says in Matthew 6, is that the one true God of the universe... And there's only one. The one true God of the universe knows everything. He knows absolutely everything. There is nothing hidden from God. He even says in verses uh, 4, if you see in verse 4, he talks about your alms, giving your alms. He says, thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Don't miss the middle part of that. What, is, what does he see? He sees the secret stuff. He says a similar thing in verse 4, or rather verse 6. He says in the middle of the verse, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. All of that to say that there is nothing in this world about you that is hidden from God. Nothing. He knows your motives. He knows why you do what you do. He knows why you say what you say. He knows who you really are. Y'all can come in here and you can look polished and look nice and look spiritual and look religious and look churchified and all that good stuff. And I wouldn't know anything different. That's just who you are to me. But God knows who you really are. He knows the real you all the way down to your heart and your soul. He knows what you really want. He knows what you are trying to accomplish. He knows who you're trying to impress. And he knows why you're trying to impress them. And by the way, he doesn't just know that about you. He knows that about me. He knows that about everybody. He knows about everyone. So there's nothing about you that's hidden. 
There's also nothing in this universe that's hidden. It's not just you that he knows. He knows everything. He says in verse 8, if you go all the way down to verse 8 in this text that we're going to look at in some detail, he says uh, at the last part of that verse, he says, For your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. He says here that, that he don't even have to tell God what you need. He already knows what you need. He already knows what you need. He's already, he's not sitting in heaven waiting for you to say, well, God, if you could help me on this and that and the next thing, that'd be great. Oh, shoot, I'm glad they told me. I finally figured it out. I know what they need now. That's not how God's operating. He already knows what you need. I'll go so far as to say he not only knows what you need, he's already working on it. He's already working on it. Let me give you a couple of verses to, to back that up. First Peter chapter five and verse seven says that we are to cast our cares upon him, the Lord Jesus, because he careth for us. That word careth doesn't just mean he likes us or feels good about us. He does. He loves you. But that's not what that word means. He is caring for us, meaning he is actively partaking, participating in the work that is needed to take care of us. Just like y'all that take care of a garden. You're not sitting there waiting for that garden to come by and say, hey, we need some water over here. Could you help us with some weeds? No, what you're doing is you're actively working on that, taking care of it. That's what he does for us. Romans chapter five and verse eight, the apostle Paul writes that God commendeth his love. He showcased his love. He, he presented it to us in such a way that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Did you know that when you didn't care, God cared enough to not only know what you needed, but to provide what you needed. So do you understand that God's on top of this? If you're not hearing anything else of this, I want you to know you can't fool God. God's already taking care of it. He's already on this thing. That means you can't trick him. He already knows. You can't hide from him. He already sees it. You can't outmaneuver him. He's a way ahead of you, not just a step or two. He is way ahead of you. You can't surprise him. He's in charge of this whole thing. This God that I just described to you is the God that we are approaching when we presume to pray. When we take a moment and we bow our heads and however you may do it, you may do it with lifted hands. You may do it with a bowed head and closed eyes. You may do it silently. You may do it to the top of your lungs, however you're praying. But when you presume to pray, when you presume to approach the throne of God, when you need something, when you talk to him, when you seek his face, when you reach out to him, this is the God you're talking to. And you say, well, Matthew, why in the world are you telling me that? What's that got to do with this passage? Well, one, I think it's there. You'll see it as we go along. But two, you need to know that because the one true God knows everything. Therefore, our prayers, and this is what Jesus talks about, should not be a performance. Should not be. Look at what he says here in verse 5. Go to verse 5. This is our text. Chapter, chapter 6, verse 5. Jesus says, when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to stand they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. He says, don't be, when you're praying, don't be like a hypocrite. What he's saying there with a hypocrite, it's like an actor towards an audience. Y'all see these actors in television and movies and things like that. And, and if you see one actor, maybe you have a favorite actor, you like to see that guy or that woman do those things. You know, I was a really entertaining person. You know, we all have our kind of favorites or the kind of thing they like. But 
You don't know that actor. You don't know them. What do you know them? You know them for what they present themselves to be. You know them as an action hero, as a comedian, or whatever it is that they're doing. That's how you know them. That's not who they really are. What they're trying to do, and I'm not faulting them, that's their job, right? That's what they're supposed to do. But what they're trying to do for us is trying to present themselves in a certain light so that you and I think of them in a certain way, entertaining or whatever that is. And he says, don't be one of those people. Don't be an actor. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be somebody that you're trying to, trying to put yourself in a certain light so that people, that people know you in a different way. He says at best you're going to get it. He says there that if these people get what they want, which is everybody sees them, he says at the end of verse 5, they have their reward. The best you're going to get is you might. But think about this. Just think about this for a second. If everybody around you says, that's a man who prays. That's a woman who prays. Think about that. They think that of you. But there's no reality underneath it all. Like all it is, they think that about you. What good is that done? You accomplished something, right? I think if you're a good man, I think you're a good woman. That's great. <laughs> but what is that? What reward is that? That's all I get. That's all I get. Now, now be, be clear here. I want to be clear here that Jesus is not saying that public prayer is a bad thing. He's not condemning public prayer. Not at all. What he is condemning is pretentious prayer. That's what he's condemning. It's fine to pray publicly, but let's make sure that when we pray publicly, this is what I think what he's getting at, is when we pray publicly, whether it is as a pastor standing and leading a congregation in prayer, or if someone is called upon in a, in a, in a setting to pray, maybe for a, a, a com community gathering, or, or even for prayer at the dinner table, whatever that is, that that prayer, that public prayer is coming from a place of reality. That it's a prayer that's not because that's the, last, that's the first and last time you prayed in a long time. But that that is actually reflecting the prayers that you've already been praying all along. And the reason for this is because remember, the God that we're praying to, he knows everything. He knows who you really are. You can present yourself any which way you want to. You can trick me, you can trick each other, but you can't trick God. He knows who you really are. And prayer is supposed to be, go to verse 6. He talks about it being an intimate communication between you and your God. Look at what he says in verse 6. But thou, instead of doing like the hypocrites in verse 5, he says, But you, when you pray, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. He's saying, listen, it's an intimate communication between you and your God. You're to go into, he talks about in the King James there, a closet. The idea there is not necessarily a closet where you hang your clothes, although that can be the kind of thing he's talking about. He's really talking about a place that's closed off, that other people aren't invited into. You might, your closet might be in the woods. Your closet might be the car. Your closet might be somewhere. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a closet closet. It's just the point is that we're not going and saying, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm about to pray. Look at me. I'm about to do this wonderful thing. I'm about to do my religious duties. That, that's the opposite. That's the hypocrite. But what you are supposed to do, Jesus is saying, is to go into that quiet place. It's not about being seen by others, but instead about actually seeking the face of God. I can tell you right now, if I wanted to have a conversation, a serious conversation with my wife about a very serious subject, let me tell you what I'm not doing. I'm not saying, hang on, Vanessa, let's have a conversation right here, right now. We're, we're in Sunday, Sunday morning church. We're not doing that. That's not how that's going to work. 
I'm going to pull her to the side and I'm going to say in a place where y'all ain't there because so we can fight and fuss and we can cuss at each other a little bit. Um, a place where y'all ain't there and I'm going to say, hey, Vanessa, this is what we need to talk about. That's what I'm going to do. I imagine you would do the same thing. Somebody that was close and intimate with you, you're not going to do that in a public setting. At least if you are, can I just go ahead and tell you you're stupid? It's not how you do things. It's not how normal people do things. What normal people do, if they have serious conversation with people they care about, they're going to pull them off to the side. They're going to be in a private setting. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. If this is your father, if you're actually seeking his face and you need his attention, you're going to go off in a place that you're not inviting other people in. It's you and the Lord. He's also saying it is your, look what he says there. It's the father. We're not talking to some anonymous deity, some being that we don't understand and don't know. It's your father, my father. We are approaching him because it's a family relationship. I'm coming to him as one who I love and who loves me. That's what I'm doing when I come to God. Prayer is not only intimate communication with the father or with our God, between you and your God, but it is also accessing the throne room of God. Think about what that means. Think about what that means. I'm not seeking a man's opinion. I'm not seeking man's praise. I'm not seeking anybody's help, but the one God who I know can. I'm going to the one who can. If this morning I needed about $100 to borrow from somebody, I'd go right up to, to David Sittens and say, David, give me $100 and I'd go to the man who can. <laughs> That's, that's a joke, y'all. That's a joke. I'd go to him for bigger, bigger dollars. That's a joke as well. Seriously, y'all. You'd go to the one who can, would you not? And I'm going to my father because I know my father owns everything. He has the ability to take to give me anything that, he, that I need. I'm going to go to him. I'm not going to, man's, uh, to, to, to try to get man's opinions. So I'm not trying to perform here. And I know that my God, when he rewards, he rewards, as it says there, openly, in an evident, plain, valuable way. That when people see it, they say, like we did this morning, Barbara Hodge is the only way that's possible because our God did that. That's what we were able to see. It's, he's going to reward in that opening, uh, that open way, that open, open way. That prayer that we pray is to be a sincere approach to the God that we serve. It's the opposite of the hypocrite in verse five where he's praying so that people can see him in a certain light. Instead, we're going to let God be God and we're going to acknowledge ourselves as who we are. We don't even like to admit who we really are and I'm not asking you to admit it here, but I'm telling you, you know who you are and you know that God knows who you are and the best thing you can do is you can seek his face as he sees you. This is what... Um, Isaiah says in Isaiah 6, 5, he sees, the, sees God high and lifted up in Isaiah 6. And he's, his response is, woe is me, for I am a man undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Amen. The point of trying to get you to see here is that Instead of this pretentious, this, this sort of performative way of praying that I'll admit, I slip into it as well. I do. It's easy. It's easy to do that. It is not hard, especially if you ever pray in public more than once or twice. I promise you it is the easiest thing to do is to fall into this 
performative way of praying, praying in a way that I'm not praying to the one true God, but I'm praying to y'all. And I'm saying that for my detriment, but I want y'all to take it personal as well. Don't, you don't need to pray for any man or any, I'm talking about for their response, for their reaction to your prayer. You're to pray to the one true God of the universe. In other words, let's worry less about whether people see us as a man or a woman of prayer and be more concerned about being one who sincerely approaches God with our very real needs. So if God knows everything, the first thing I want you to understand is that you don't have to, you don't have to perform. You don't have to pretend. Just go to him. But because God knows everything also, I also want to dispel this myth. I think this is what Jesus tells us not to worry about as much. Prayer is not complicated. Prayer is not complicated. It's not that hard. He says in verse 7, when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they, for, for they, they think, or rather, they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. He says, listen, don't pray like the heathen folk. Now that heathen there, certainly he's talking about pagan people, people who don't believe in God, people who would worship other gods. That's part of what he's got going on there. But I can think you can put in there that these heathen, because remember, he's talking to probably a primarily Jewish audience. He's talking about the outsiders, the people who are not part of God's people here. He's saying, don't pray like they are, the foreigners, the outsiders. I think about it this way, that we don't need to pray as if we don't know the language and we don't know the customs. That we have to somehow come up with our own language and own customs. You ever seen people do this? And if you're one of these people, I apologize. I'm not making fun of you, but I kind of am. But um, you ever seen people do this? Where they're in a strange setting and they don't know, maybe, maybe it's a, maybe a higher class setting that they're in, or maybe it's in a foreign, foreign language, a foreign language kind of setting. And they, they're trying to fit in, like especially foreign language. You ever seen people do this? Like if you talk louder, that they understand you more. If they're speaking a different language, y'all ever seen that? Or maybe high class people, you start trying to use big words that you don't normally use and you don't use them correctly. You understand? Again, y'all are not laughing because y'all are those people, ain't you? That's what it is. That's what it is. And I apologize for being mean to y'all. But, but, but that, I think that's how we do when we don't know the customs, when we don't know the language. We, we start putting on some airs. We start trying to, to make it you know, vain repetitions and much speaking is the way he puts it here in the King James. And it's not that, we, not that you're not allowed to repeat words or not that you're not allowed to follow a pattern. In fact, in the following verses, Jesus is going to give us a pattern to follow in our prayers. But he's saying here, listen, it, it's, it's not about trying to impress God with the words that you're using. I, I think some of us really do think that we've got to, in fact, I've I heard it from my own lips. I would pray in ways that I would never talk to another person on the planet. Yeah. Can, you, can you think about your own prayers? Think, again, y'all be self-critical. Y'all be critical. Me too, if you want to. However you want to do it. But think about it. We talk to God in ways that there's nobody. And I'm not talking about just because we have respect for him. I'm talking about literally we use language and words and phrases that it don't even make sense. We wouldn't talk to the King of England or King, I guess, these days. King of England that way. We wouldn't do that. Why do we do that? It's vain repetitions. It is much speaking. Some people, different traditions, religious traditions, they, they interpret it as they've got to have this ecstatic, loud. Pre you all heard a lot of preachers will do this. They pray really loud. Like that's how God's got a hearing problem. We've got to pray really loud to God. 
Uh, some, of our, some of our Pentecostal brothers and sisters, they, they believe in tongue speaking. They have to speak in a, 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 an un, unintelligible language. Like that's how God hears you. And by the way, that you, he doesn't need that. And I don't believe that's the way that works. But, but I, I'm trying to be gentle to our brothers and sisters. The point is that, that we think that that's how we've got to speak to God. Uh, some people feel like they have to say the, just the right words. In fact, I would say in this same spirit, there's some people who go, as I said, these loud preachers who like to pray really loud. Somehow God needs to do that. But then some, I'll call them lay Christians or regular folk. They don't like to pray because, oh, I don't know how to pray. And they're embarrassed about praying. And I want you to hear him say here, listen, you, there's no magical incantation that you have to say. There's no set of words that you have to string together because you need to understand this. God already knows what you need. Look what he says in the next verse, in verse eight. Be not therefore like unto them. Don't do all that. For your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. Prayer is simple. It's plain. It's direct communication. God is your father. Now, that means you should have respect for him, correctly? I mean, you're not gonna, hopefully you're not cursing out God. Hopefully you're not, you're not saying crude and crass things to God. That's, we're talking about being respectful to him. But still, there's, we're talking about being direct with him and saying, Lord, this hurts. Lord, I have this need. God, I, I need your help on this situation. It's not about being trying to figure out. Just tell God what's on your mind. You, you may say, as I've done, I'll tell you, I've taught myself how to pray about some things sometimes. Because I'll say, Matthew, your attitude ain't right about it. And you know what? I'm right. My attitude ain't right about it. But God needs, wants to hear from me with my bad attitude. Lord, I want this. And then the Holy Spirit's going to convict me and say, Matthew, straighten up. But the point is, you need to go to him with your needs. You need to take him and tell him what's on your mind. You can't manipulate God. I think some of us think if we can just say the right things, then God's going to give us what we want. Like he's some sort of magic genie <laughs> that if you put the right string of words together, he will grant your wish and all will be fixed. No, God already knows what you need. You don't, you can't manipulate him. Instead, your prayer is to be an expression of your reliance on him. You can't treat him that way that he's got to be, he's got to be tricked into helping you. No, he loves you. He wants to help you. And I'll tell you one further, he's always and only going to do what's best for you. Because some of the stuff, some of the garbage that we pray for does not need to be answered. <laughs> it does not deserve an answer. And God is good, and he will answer those prayers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But the point I'm trying to get you to see is you don't have to manipulate that. He is going to do what's best you and I have simply the opportunity to draw near to him. This is what the writer of Hebrews says, that we can have boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. You have the opportunity to pray to God. So that's why the writer of Hebrews goes on to say in verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart. Not a put-on heart, not a heart that has learned some new language, not a heart that's figured out how to manipulate, push God's buttons. No, no, no. With a true heart, with sincerity, with simplicity to say, Lord, I need help. Prayer that pleases God is prayer that's going to be done simply and sincerely. A real expression of our real needs before a God who knows and a God who can. Told you it was kind of a simple message. That's really it. That's all I got for you. 
But I want to encourage you to pray. That's what I'm trying to get you to do. I think that's what Jesus wants us to do. But pray simply and pray sincerely. There's some of you this morning that are hearing what I'm saying. And you may have to be honest with yourself. Again, it's not about talking to me or convincing me. I just want you to think about honest with yourself. You have to be honest with yourself and say, Matthew. No, don't say Matthew. Say your name. Don't say my saying. Say your name. You have to be honest with yourself and say, self, that God that we're talking about here, he's not my father. I would be lying if I acted like I had a relationship with him. Some of y'all are in that position. And if that's where you are, I want you to know there is one prayer he will hear from you. And that is praying to save your soul. He's already paid the price. He's already made everything available. You simply need to sincerely and simply say, Lord, save me. Literally, Lord, save me. No more complicated than that. No more hard than that. No more, no, no more put on than that. That just be who you are and say, Lord, I don't have a relationship with you. And I want you to save me. And I can guarantee you right now, based on the, the word of God, he will save you. He will save you. And I want to encourage you, if that is your position this morning, if you're in that situation, you say, I'd like to be able to approach God with simplicity and sincerity, but he's not my father. I want to encourage you to come forward this morning. And I'll try to talk to you. If there's a couple, three of you, I've got some men and women in this church. I have no problem inviting them to come and help you and talk to you. I want you to feel free that you should feel, feel free to come forward and let us show you from the scripture what it means to put your faith in Jesus. But again, I don't want to make it more complicated than it is. Just say, God, save me. He'll save you. He'll do that now. I want to encourage you. For those of you that already can say, yep, that's my father. But I've treated prayer like a performance. I've treated it as if it's complicated. Therefore, what I've done is I've either prayed in an insincere way or I've even, as sometimes I have done myself, I have put off praying because I just don't feel like I know all the right things to say. I want you to take a moment now and go to him simply and sincerely and say, Lord, I've made it too hard. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk. Maybe you want to come forward and talk to him. Maybe you want to stand where you are and talk to him. But I want to encourage you to do that. I'm going to ask you to stand, give you an opportunity to respond to the message as the Lord has moved you. Vanessa comes and plays, and while she's playing, you have an opportunity to talk to the Lord. Again, if you need some help, I'll be down here. I'll help you any way I can. We need other people to help you. We'll do that. But talk to the Lord simply and sincerely. Lord, please help these people to talk to you. Amazing to me that we have the power, your power, available to us. But I am so stubborn sometimes that I feel like I've got to put on an act, put on a show. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive those that are here.